I would like to welcome you all. Uh, my name is Nayaswami Ananta. This is Nayaswami Maria. And it's really a joy to be here today. We have guests from the Expanding Light. We have guests from Ecuador. <laughs> Magnifico. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, guests from the meditation retreat and programs this weekend. So thank you all for coming and joining our energies together. We also have our extended family online. So thank you for watching. I'd like to read from um, Rays of the One Light. Um, you may hear Master whispering in Spanish in the back, That's, which is fine. He speaks all languages. Uh, we are children of the light. This is from Rays of the One Light. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. It is common for people to perceive themselves according to their present realities. In ill health says, I am ill. Few say, I am well, it is my body that is suffering. People in a low income bracket say, I am poor. Only the unusual person will say, Though outwardly I live in poverty, inwardly I am wealthy. Thus, when it comes to moral and spiritual development, people commonly identify themselves with their weaknesses and their mistakes. They consider it almost a sign of humility to say, I am a sinner. Though in effect, what this means is that they identify themselves with their sinfulness not with the soul's power to transcend all limitations in God. The great masters, including Jesus Christ, have always emphasized the divine potential of mankind. To encourage us, they address us as children of light, not of darkness. The Bible in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 3, makes the point that our true home is not the mud of this earth, but the light of heaven. No man hath ascended up to heaven, it tells us, but him that came down from heaven. This passage continues, even so the Son of Man who is in heaven, emphasizing that Jesus, though he lived on earth, is perceived by the eye of wisdom as conscious, even in human form, of his true reality in heavenly spheres. The way to know God is to live in godly consciousness and not to bewail our imperfection and our distance from God. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And the Bhagavad Gita states, seekers of union with the Lord find him dwelling in their own hearts. But those who, lacking in wisdom, seek him with impure motives, cannot perceive him however much they struggle to do so. If you want to know God, Paramahansa Yogananda said, live in the thought that you have him already. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh. Uh, 
I'd like to read from Yogananda's Whispers from Eternity. And this reading is entitled, Make Us Transparent, That Thy Light May Shine Through Us Unimpeded. The sunbeams of thy love shine equally on all the members of thy cosmic family, whether prophet, hero, villain, tiny moth, or me. It is our own fault if we make ourselves opaque by our own mental and emotional dullness. Teach us to wipe away the dirt of air from the windows of our understanding. Our arms are weak for the task, owing to our long inner spiritual resistance. O Master Cleanser, lend power to our efforts that we may wipe away every last spot that clings to our minds, obscuring our transparency and preventing free entry to thy light. O make us fully clean again, invisible in our egos, because transmitting only visions of thy beauty, which lies within us. So our topic this morning is we are children of the light. And I wanted to begin by sharing an instance in which Paramahansa Yogananda, for those of you who don't know him, he is our uh, spiritual teacher and guru. Autobiography of a Yogi was uh, the great spiritual classic that he wrote. And if you haven't read that, I encourage you to uh, treat yourself to that. But Yogananda, uh, this was when he was residing in Southern California, He one day went, I assume during the week, because he was holding weekly services, he went to a revival meeting. And at this meeting, there was a woman presiding as the speaker and minister there. And it was quite a dynamic response, you know, say in response dialogue there for a while. Yogananda was seated in the audience with the congregation. And it was becoming more and more heated. And at a certain point, she said, you are all sinners. And back and forth this went. And she said, you are by nature. Man is by nature sinful. And the audience would respond, yes, hallelujah, and back and forth. And they were getting into this and all on the same page. And then... He said, you will not be redeemed unless you believe in Jesus Christ as the only Savior. Hallelujah. Yes, sister. Yes. And just more and more momentum. And finally, at this heightened point of frenzy, she said, you are all sinners. Get down on your knees. And everybody went to the floor. But Yogananda remained standing. He said, I was the only one standing in that whole room. And he said, it is so important 
that we do not get into this consciousness of I am a sinner. There is no hope for me. I have done so much evil and made so many mistakes that it's, it's a loss. It was a very powerful experience because of very powerful teaching. And it's important, you know, we all, we all think we're children of the light. We don't really probably have an issue with that, right? <laughs> but I would venture to say that by our behavior, we don't really line up in sync with that all of the time. We feel that we're children of the light. It certainly is a welcoming and embracing truth. It's positive. It's real. And yet, in the way we behave sometimes, we don't quite line up. We find fault with ourselves. We find fault. And we kind of stew around in that a little bit to a point sometimes of doing harm to ourselves. We have doubts, perhaps, about our worth, in this case, perhaps as a devotee, as a spiritual aspirant. You know, we doubt that we're really going to make some headway in this incarnation. And what are we saying there? You know, it's a version, it's different words, but it's a version of, I am a sinner. I can't be redeemed. I can do no right. I've made way too many mistakes. And we identify with things of our past where we have erred or make mistakes to such an extent that uh, there's something that we still live on an occasional basis. So I would say that there's a very powerful teaching here for all of us, uh, at least to some degree, because this truth, we are children of the light. Swami Kriyananda makes the point, this is not just an affirmation. This is not just a positive thought, you know, to get around. It's, it's something very real. The light is our home. It's where we've come from. It's where we're going. It's who we are. And so there's a great opportunity there and a great responsibility to really try to live that. Kriyananda puts it in this way. He says, to, to think and hold the thought we are children of the light is, is meant to inspire zeal on the spiritual path. And what does that mean? That means energy. That means courage. It's meant to inspire that. It's not, we are children of the light. Great, this is beautiful. We've got it. <laughs> there is work to do to live that reality. I can certainly say that for myself. Something will just come in and all of a sudden tweak in a big way, and we're not in that consciousness of, I am a child of the light. I wanted to just highlight a few things that are very key to us in terms of living in this consciousness. And one of them is that we've, we've got to learn to renounce 
this identification with material consciousness. It creeps in. This is the genius of Maya delusion. It just kind of worms its way in there, and all of a sudden, we're really attached to this body. We're really attached to this incarnation. We're really attached to being well and healthy. All of these things. Yogananda uh, tells this story. It's one of my favorites, I think, because he just he's so into it, and he just gets so behind it. And you see an aspect of his personality that's, that's who we are, this this relative attachment to the incarnation. And he's, of course, dramatizing all of this for our behalf. He's an avatar, a God-realized being. But there it is. He's living it. And it's for us to learn from. And he's in the ashram. It's not, he's not yet with his guru, Sri Yukteswar. He's in another ashram, different guru, for a while. And this guru has gone out for a number of days perhaps seeing devotees around and about. But he's been away. And Yogananda decides that he's going to go on this fast. And he'll break this fast with a welcome home meal for the guru of the ashram. And this is something, evidently, in his description that he hasn't done before. He was raised in a very um, uh, healthy household. Uh, meals were regular. They were robust. And he was used to getting them at a certain time. So there was a big hurdle to get over here. And it was no meal after no meal. And the day arrived when the guru was going to return. And not only was a meal being promised, it was a lavish meal. And the ashram was full of the smells, the smells, the tantalizing smells of Indian food all day. And he just was beside himself as he describes it. It was just mouth was just watering for this meal. And, Lo and behold, the train is delayed. It's delayed by hours. So they indicate, you know, word comes that he will be arriving, but it's going to be toward the, uh, a little bit later in the evening than promised. So poor Yogananda, he's just, you know, so ready, so ready to end this fast. And he, he could just hardly stand it. And the guru comes. And of all things, he doesn't want the meal right then as planned. He wants to go into his room, you know, perhaps bathe, relax, whatever, meditate, calm down, and then have the meal, maybe in a couple hours. So more time needs to go by. Yogananda is just, he's, he's starving. He's starving. And the meal finally comes. They sit down. And he's just, you know, he's tried not to just shovel it in. But at that point, it's hard to restrain himself. And he can't believe it, because the guru is sitting there barely picking at his food. I mean, just not at all interested in the slightest. Yogananda just can't figure it out. This is a, an exquisite, special meal. So afterwards, he goes into everyone, you know, <clears throat> goes away from the table. And Yogananda goes into follows the guru into his room. He oftentimes gives a massage in the evening um, before nighttime. And he goes in there and he says, I know you, I noticed you weren't really interested in the meal. He said, no, no, I wasn't interested. I haven't been eating for days. And Yogananda said, what do you mean? And he said, well, I've been traveling around and I, I don't want all those heterogeneous vibrations. I just, I wasn't eating. And Yogananda said, but weren't you hungry? Uh, 
Not really. And Yogananda said, how can you do that? And he said, it's good to fast. It's good to fast sometimes. Purify yourself, you know, remove attachment to the physical body. And Yogananda said, well, yes, yes, but, but what if I were to fast and then I wanted to break that fast and there was no food? What if, what if there was no food, if no one fed me, you know, if no one brought me food? And he said, so be it. So be it. You're a renunciate. You know, you're a, you're a yogi. Where's the problem? And Yogananda said, but what if I die? If no one feeds me, what if I die? And the guru said, die then. <laughs> I just love hearing Yogananda say that. Die then. <laughs> You know, just die if that's what you need to, if, you know, unless you think that that's what you need to sustain yourself, that that's the only thing that sustains you, is what he said. You know, remove that attachment to the physical body, because as long as we're attached in whatever way to material consciousness, it's real hard to get around that idea of we are children of the light. We are something other than this physical reality that seemingly is born and dies, that is well, that is sick. One of the disciples of Yogananda's, Dr. Lewis, he shares a story. They were getting ready. They were leaving the ashram to go to an evening concert. And he and his wife and others were waiting there by the car for Yogananda to come down the stairs and, and drive with them. And Dr. Lewis had his hand kind of resting on the open door like this when it was inadvertently closed and his hand went right with it and was smashed in the door. And he describes it. He said it was up to the second joint on the fingers and you could see the impression of the car. Excruciating. I mean, you can't you know, imagine. But he was in such pain. And his wife ran upstairs to tell Yogananda what had happened. And Yogananda hurried down and he said, Dr. Lewis, put your hand in your coat and don't look at it and keep it there. And they went straight away, all of them, Dr. Lewis included, to the concert. And it didn't bother him at all. And for the next three days, they boarded a train the next morning, Dr. Lewis and his wife, Mildred, they boarded a train to go back, return back to Boston, the East Coast, where Dr. Lewis was a dentist, right-handed. He didn't take his hand out of the coat for three days. He didn't look at that hand. And his wife was very nervous about this. And there was some trepidation on his part. You know, this was their livelihood, his ability to do this kind of work. And he went into the office Monday morning, took out his hand, perfectly fine. No pain, no nothing. He was able to do everything. Such a magnificent story, and there are so many of them. If we can get into that consciousness of we are children and of the light, our reality is very different, very different. The view of the masters is very different, and that's why it's so important to spend time with them, in the body, out of the body, it doesn't matter. But to try to get into that consciousness, get into the world as they see it, as they experience it, as they know it. Because it's a completely different reality. And it's our reality. I mean, that's the beauty of it. 
as spiritual seekers, as disciples. It's our reality, and the masters are welcoming us in to that reality. We have to let go of that identification with mistakes we've made, with the past, the things that aren't, you know, if we could do it over again, we would do it totally different. We know that. God knows that. But there it is. It's gone. It's gone. And we have to let go of that. There was a nun who came to the, uh, who was living at the ashram there at Mount Washington with Yogananda. And for whatever reason, just felt time to go. And she left. A year or so went by and she came back and people were like, how can you, you know, how can, how can you dare to come back after you've left like that? And she said, do you expect me to worship my mistakes? But isn't it true? I mean, we do that, don't we? I know I've done that. I just revisit things. That's what it means. You revisit those things and you kind of go through them mentally again and Oh, this person did that, that person did that, I did this. And we just relive it again. That's what it is. We're reliving the dream. We're worshiping the dream. We're worshiping the past. We've got to let that go. It's gone. It's done. It's over. We can't go fix it except to live in the light. That's the healing. That's the transcendence, to live in that consciousness. Sri Yukteswar, Yogananda's guru, he said, forget the past, the lives of all men, of all of God's children, are dark with many shames. Human conduct is ever unreliable until anchored in the divine. It's imperfect. It cannot be perfect until anchored in God, in that truth that we are all children of the light, children of the infinite. And then he says, everything will improve if you are making a spiritual effort now. That's what needs to be focused on. You know, if our dearest friend were to share with us some great change that they're trying to embrace and realize in their life. And we were to keep saying, you know, but you always, you've, you've done this other thing so many times. How can you, how do you think you can change? None of us would do that. None of us would do that to our friend. We would never say that. And we might think it. <laughs> but we would be encouraging. We would try to be encouraging. And, and that's true. That's real. You know, someday that thought won't be there either. But we would try to be encouraging. And that is very real. And we need to be that way with ourselves. That's what I'm saying here. We need to be more impersonal with the life we have lived up to this point and distance ourselves from that because it's not who we are in our essence. It's not where we're going. It's not why we're here. We're here to live this life as a child 
of light, a child of the infinite. I was remembering the other day, I haven't thought about it in decades, but perhaps it's something that will be meaningful, and that's why it was introduced to my consciousness. But I was at a gathering with um, Ananda people. It was very informal, outdoors. Uh, some, I, get, I think our choir was leading us, some informal group of Ananda singers was leading us in the song, There is Joy in the Heavens. Very upbeat. There's joy in the heavens, a smile on the mountain, and melody sings everywhere. I mean, it's just this lilting, happy, joyful song. And I was sitting there, and you know, Maya, again, is just, it's genius. Genius in its ability to enter into a moment of light and deliver darkness, if you're willing to take hold of it. And this cloud just sort of came into my consciousness. And I was singing, there's joy in the heavens. And I couldn't sing it anymore. And I just thought, oh, no. <laughs> and I, I had been watching Swamiji sing. He was in front of me, maybe 20 feet away or something. And I was watching him. And I was just like, why is this happening? Why am I experiencing this? This is so embarrassing. Not that anyone else knew, but he knew. I knew he knew. He didn't say anything, but we were communicating perfectly. And at a certain moment, he turned around, and he looked right at me. And it was a look of intensity, and it was one of loving concern and compassion, total understanding. You know, these things happen. They come out of nowhere, and you, you get this mood, or you get this idea, or you have this thought, or you understand things in this really weird way all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, it just happens. So what? It happens. And the beauty of it was, I mean, I could see in all of that, as I look back, he just totally got it, understood it, and his reaction after he looked at me and made that connection was to just turn back to the people leading the song and to keep singing the song. There's joy in the heavens. And it was just so beautiful, such a powerful teaching. Because things do happen in life that disrupt the, the spiritual momentum on some level. And we can worship that and get into that and be with that. Or we can just simply turn around. It's really, as Ananta said earlier, it's just that it really is that simple to just make that slight turn, look forward. I am a child of light. And keep singing, keep singing, keep moving in that light, keep expressing that light. Yogananda was uh, doing a recording once of chants, and Swami Kriyananda was there, but had to leave to go give a class. And when he came back, Yogananda was standing on the lawn, and the music was being played back for him to hear. And it was playing, what lightning flash, mother glimmers in thy face. Seeing thee, I am thrilled through and through. There's the teaching, seeing thee, looking to the light, seeing the light, I am thrilled through and through. And Yogananda was singing this along with the recording. And his hands were raised. 
And Swamiji's description, he said, Master was in ecstasy, just dancing as though almost on air, singing this song, singing with Divine Mother, being with Divine Mother. And then when he spoke, when Yogananda spoke, he said to those around him, it is so beautiful. You are all so beautiful. The trees, the bushes, the grass that you're standing on, it's all made of light. It's all light. It's beautiful. And that's what the masters are offering to us, saying, come, come. Join me in this feast of light and joy. This is our reality. This is our life.